Hey everyone, it's Dr. Raj, DPT. Welcome back to The Scope. Today's topic is Kwize Leonard's ongoing knee issues that stem from 2017 and the topic of why he needs load management. So let's go. So there's been a big buzz about Kawhi recently having load management early on in the season. But to really paint the picture of his full injury profile and the importance of load management for him, let's start back to the beginning in the summer of 2017. When he began, we're not really sure why, if it was overt or if it was something over time, he began to have right quad issues and it was something the team first termed as a tendinopathy and uh, tendinopathy means pathology of the tendon in this case the quad tendon which is a tendon that connects your quadriceps which are four really powerful muscles on the front of your thigh to your kneecap the patella this quad tendon takes on a ton of stress during movement when you have pathology in the tendon what it means is that the tendon is made up of these fibers that run in parallel to each other. When they become disorganized or not in parallel anymore, it leads to discomfort, irritation, and pain, and eventually loss of function. Typically, there's three stages of tendinopathy. Well, that's the class in the classical categorization of tendinopathy. There's three categories. There's been a lot more recently, but keep it simple. Let's do the original three categories. Stage one is where tendon fibers are being damaged, but then repaired at a higher rate. Stage two is where tendon fibers are being damaged, but the repair level isn't as high. And stage three, or degenerative tendinopathy, is where the degeneration or damage to the fibers in the tendon is at a higher rate than the repair. And so that leads to degeneration over time, which you have that margin. And so one thing to note is that tendon fibers being damaged and then repaired is, is normal in a healthy tendon. It's how tendon becomes stronger. It's how muscle becomes stronger. It gets tear, tore down, micro tears, and then rebuilt. It's always a question of the ratio of fiber degeneration to fiber repair. We don't know what stage Kawhi was ever in. My guess, if I had a guess, is that he's in that stage 2 or stage 3 area. But anyways, going back to that injury, as it evolved over that course of that 2017-2018 season, Kawhi tried to come back in December. He was still having pain. With the injury, was unable to come back that year. A lot of that might have been due to the fact that there was an increasing gap and fissure between him, his circle, and the team. I, from my understanding, especially when the team, I believe in February, 
said that, oh, hey, Kawhi's healthy, but he's not playing medically. Now, that brings us to another point, the fact that being a tissue being medically cleared and healthy doesn't always necessarily mean that the person doesn't have pain. There's numerous examples of that. You have chronic pain. You have phantom limb pain. There's multiple studies on sham surgeries where an individual goes in to have surgery on something, nothing is done, they come out, and their outcomes are the same as an individual who did actually have the surgery. So the tissue isn't always the end-all, be-all. And then in Kawhi's case, you have guys like Tony Parker who says, you know, my injury was a thousand times worse. I didn't. I actually heard those comments, and I didn't think there was any malice to it, or even Manu saying, oh, we don't know if he's ever going to be back, so we have to assume he won't be back this year. And I think to a objective bystander, and you know how those guys are, those were just matter-of-fact statements. It wasn't meant to be personal. But when you have an individual like Kawhi who's going through something and his integrity and his want to play basketball is being questioned. And this is a guy who doesn't get bothered by much, but I know he gets bothered when people question if he wants to play basketball, which is like the one thing that he really, really loves to do. So I think that really created that chasm that led to his eventual trade. And then furthermore, he got a second opinion in New York on the quad issue. And I was, I've been looking into this a lot, and I was unable to really find what they came up with. The only rumblings I heard was that it might be that they agreed that it was tendinopathy, but there might also be a deeper contusion or hematoma along the quad, which was also further hindering some of the recovery. I'm not really sure, so I can't comment on that. Regardless, what we know is that he had an ongoing issue with that right quad tendon to the point in Toronto where they were managing him throughout the season and sitting him games proactively for load management in the truer sense, meaning that load management is done to reduce the amount of high-intensity stress through body parts that are recovering and allow them to recover better because what happens, especially with tendinopathies, is that once you're behind it, especially mid-season, it's really, really hard to get out in front of it. For example, you have guys like Joel Embiid and Josh Hart last season who had patellar tendinopathies, which is the tendon that sits below the kneecap, or and oftentimes it's called a jumper's knee. They had tendinopathies in the middle of the season. The team tried to get out in front of it during the season and, and beats case they, they rested him I believe eight games after the all-star break and then sporadically played him through into the playoffs and then actually had to sit him game four I believe versus the Raptors because of how much pain soreness he was having and then Josh Hart's case when he was the Lakers in late December his tendinopathy blew up on him, and his numbers took a steep dive. I believe he was shooting like 46% from three, and then he went into the low 20s. He openly admitted he couldn't jump or land and absorb force at all. One of the main things that the quad and tendon do is that they help during jumping, jumping, landing, and they absorb a lot of stress. And so if you have pain in that during the season, which involves a lot of running and jumping at high intensity levels, a lot of running as well, it's really quite difficult to be able to get out in front of that. Therefore, the Raptors were being proactive with their load management of Kawhi and limiting that stress level on him. 
even with him only playing, I believe it was about 60 games last year, we saw in that Milwaukee series him start to limp. Now, this was his left leg, and I explicitly remember it. It was after a dunk where he had to land on that left leg and absorb force where he was overtly limping. It was reported by The Athletic, I believe it was Sam Amick and Joe Varden, that this was a compensatory injury. We don't really know what it was until later on, but the reality was that compensation, especially for long-standing injuries, is something that has to always be considered. Because if you think about it, right, if one side is injured, the other side is going to try to do more. It's like links in a chain. If one is damaged, the rest have to do more. In this case, with his knees, imagine if you're jumping or if you're landing and one side is a little painful, you're naturally going to put a little more weight onto the other side. You add in thousands of repetitions at high intensity. It can lead to right, some injury on the other side, a compensatory injury. So we saw after the playoffs, I believe in August, there was a picture of Kawhi with a wrap over his left knee. So something was definitely going on. And then you come into the season and the team is holding him out of multiple games. At first, everyone just thought, oh, they're just being proactive, load management like the Raptors were. But that wasn't the case. And so the, the team essentially was trying to hide the fact that Kwai had left but Patel's tenopathy himself. And we only found out after Doc pretty much lied about it and was saying, oh, he's healthy. He just, we're just resting him. And then the NBA said, no, look, they told us that he has patellar tendinopathy in the left knee. Didn't say anything more at all. And then he picked up that contusion on the left side as well versus the heat. And so that's another layer of pain and discomfort to that injury. Now, we don't know how long, what stage that tendinopathy is in or even how the right one's doing. But, you know, we're seeing a picture being painted here with Kawhi. The fact that he has that long-standing right knee issue that was still serious enough that it led to compensation on the left side, and now he's having over-injuries on the left side as well. And so, even in his first game back, you could see that he was missing a lot of lift. Now, that isn't really concern me that much first game after four games missed tend to miss a little bit of lift you're having you know, bilateral knee issues with overt left knee issues doesn't surprise me all that much to be honest with you and so the reality is for Kawhi and the Clippers is we already know that this is something he had to manage the right side his whole career the rest of his career another question becomes is the left side also going to be have to be something that he has to manage explicitly via load management moving forward as well. But that is why load management is so important for him, is being proactive and understanding how much stress is going through his knees and when he needs some of those recovery timetables, recover, excuse me, recovery windows. And one thing to clarify about load management, it's not that he's just chilling on the beach for that day. They're going to what they're trying to do is avoid some of those higher stress activities like a game, and but 
still in, induce stress into the tendon, but at a much more measured level through targeted exercises. Because you do want to keep strengthening those tendons, but it has to be in a specific dose. And then when you're seeing certain characteristics of pain and negative trend lines where the pain is lasting longer and it's getting worse, that gives you some of these indicators that, hey, okay, we got to shift, we got to reduce some of that load by resting him in games. Otherwise, that tendon is going to blow up on him. And that's kind of the whole process and mindset behind Kawhi's knees and the load management. And it's something that he's, like I said, you have to, they have to be concerned with moving forward. And that's frankly why Kawhi, when he was coming to the Lakers or the Clippers, explicitly requested that, hey, I only want to play an X amount of games. I want to bring my guys from Toronto because he understands quite well just how tenuous and sensitive his situation is. But we'll see how it goes moving forward. That's a wrap for this podcast. Thanks for listening. You can always find me on IG and Twitter at 3CB Performance. Catch you next time.